0: Confusion is the antithesis of clarity, and the matters surrounding money, like a credit score, can often feel confusing, frustrating, even overwhelming for many people. That's why on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast, we're going to shed some light on how financial brands can provide clarity for people in the communities that they serve to guide them beyond confusion, to guide them beyond conflict, to guide them beyond chaos, while also at the same time building people's financial confidence. Greetings and hello. My name is James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, and I'm excited to welcome JB Orakia to the show. JB is the CEO of Savvy Money on a mission to empower financial well-being through innovation and partnership. Welcome to the show, JB. It is good to share time with you today, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks, James. Glad to be here.
0: Before we get into talking about how financial brands can provide clarity for people, and the communities that they serve to give them some help to give them some hope what's going well for you right now personally or professionally what's good in your world
1: wow personally um i've got three kids 126 123 and 120. uh so my oldest daughter is a nurse in fort worth uh the 26 year old and just got engaged three weeks ago uh, my 23 year old graduated from college in may of last year and uh, interned for Savvy Money two years and is now playing a huge role in the in the marketing department. And then my youngest is uh, gonna be a junior in college and uh, working two jobs on the side to pay for her uh, clothes habit. Uh, so that's all good. Uh, on the professional side, um, Savvy Money has been, uh, uh, just the last few years have been awesome. Uh, the growth uh, that we've had in the last uh, I would say the last three to four years has been incredible. We just got best places to work in the Bay Area, um, uh, best embedded FinTech uh, for 2023 for uh, uh, the Banking Awards, and uh, just just today got Inc. 5,000 uh, fastest growing companies. So uh, uh, 1400 ranking and and 214 in California and 89 in financial services. So not to drop all that that data on you, but it's been it's been a fun ride and and an exciting time.
0: Well, you know, I I like to start off on a positive note on every show because I really believe the perspective that we have now in the present moment, but also about the future. Will directly impact the decisions that we make going forward into the future and right now it, it can be a challenging time for many people and so simply by just creating a habit for myself and you mentioned your three kids my wife and i we have three kids different stage 13 11 9 <laughs> and 7 uh, but they've really developed the habit of looking for the good looking for the positive and, and that's where i want to dive into what I'm calling a silent epidemic, uh, an epidemic that is rooted in financial stress. it's taking a toll on people and their health and their relationships and their well-being. But I think what makes this epidemic so challenging is that yes, indeed people are looking for someone that they can trust to guide them beyond the, the confusion and the chaos that they feel in the present moment uh, but but there's an underlying crisis impacting the the greater financial services industry, some call it guilt by association. Uh, That that is a a confidence crisis, rooted more deeply in a communication crisis. I know SVB uh, could be argued that they were a victim uh, of this confidence and communication crisis. And and some also felt some of that pain just once again by guilt by associations. My question to you is is for smaller community financial brands, um, how can they continue to build the confidence of people in their communities when people are looking other places for knowledge, for insight, for answers, like social media, even chat GPT now?
1: Well, I think specifically to SVB, that was a very unique situation in that a bank had, uh, you know, deposits from companies that were very concentrated in a certain category, number one, and number two, some of the investments they made uh, were from a long-term standpoint would seem conservative and weren't given the environment and rising interest rates. And so I think transparency is super important from a local financial institution, whether you're a community bank or credit union, super important to be transparent about the things that the consumer would care about, where they would feel secure, that their money is secure, that the decisions that the financial institution making are, are on, in their behalf and, and that they're safe. And so there's a comfort level of what they're doing that's safe. I think the advantage that a lot of these institutions have, the smaller ones, is to really personalize that experience, make them seem like they care uh, or actually care in in their behavior. And that comes through both uh, individual interaction, but as you become more digital, that digital experience needs to be personalized in order to build that trust with that end consumer.
0: Well, that's a great point. Trust is built on two things, I say. It's built upon words and actions. What you say and what you do. And what you do can be delivered, obviously, through a digital experience. And that, and that's why I want to you know, come back to questions that people have around uh, money matters, questions around things like a, a credit score. Uh, I think a lot of us who work within financial services, um, I've got... 21 years now at this point um, I get it I understand it but for those that don't understand it and I think that's the point is there's an exercise of empathy here what are some questions for financial brand leaders who are watching or who are listening to this conversation that people have about a credit score that they might not be thinking about on a day-to-day basis because yes they have the knowledge but the people that they're looking to help just don't right now
1: well, I think it's, you know, each individual has a different situation. It's first you have to understand that, right? Just having a number, that's that's really a starting point. And what are the ingredients in that number and really breaking that number down into its parts is super important. Then once you've done that and you've said, hey, 40% is payment history, 23% is utilization, great. You've told me my utilization's bad. Now what? What do I need to do from there from an action plan in order to make progress uh, against my utilization rate? Right. Cause that means I just have too much, too much of a balance on my credit card. So I need some budgeting tips or some financial advice to create an action plan to, to kind of make progress there. And so tools like Savvy Money really provide the financial institution with a playbook. On how they want to guide their consumers in order to get better, and a number of our financial institutions actually use Savvy Money as part of the building blocks of other things that they do with their with their consumers to really guide that consumer in making in making good decisions. The the other part of it is really relevance, right? So when I built Savvy Money, part of it was education around credit, but the other part was, okay, well, I want to improve my credit score, but but why? Like, What's the benefit to me? And really pointing out to the user that as their score goes up, they fall into different credit bands and they qualify for lower interest rates. Those lower interest rates over time save you a tremendous amount of money. We point out the actual savings to the individual. So now I've actually got a reason or I'm motivated like, ooh, I'm not just going to improve my score for score's sake. There's actually a pot of gold at the end of the the rainbow there, that if I do these certain things, I'm going to take my financial situation in a much better direction.
0: Yes. And that idea of guideship, uh, I'm, I'm really big on, in fact, in banking on digital growth, I have a chapter around what I call story selling. And it's Uh, What role are we playing as a financial brand? Are we trying to be a hero? And I think a lot of financial brands are not to their own fault, but we have to think in mind and keep in mind for people, they're the role in the heroes of their own stories. The opportunity though, is not to try to be the hero But to play the role of the helpful and empathetic guide to be the obi-wan kenobi's to be the uh mr miyagi's of 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 the world um to give people help and to give people even hope and and i like how you liken this to it's not just a score there's something a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that can motivate and transform behaviors opportunities When, when we're really digging deep now opportunities for community financial brands to transform the confusion that people have around money and these these things like credit into clarity because if i look at a modern consumer buying journey you can go the kind of the old world route of awareness consideration purchase adoption and advocacy but i'm really taking a a more of an emotive approach now every buying journey starts with some type of confusion and the first step is then clarity. So what are the opportunities to provide clarity to people to guide them beyond the chaos that in the conflict that many feel right now in the present moment?
1: Well, one other point I was going to add to the last point then I'll answer that question is, you know, in addition to that pot of gold, which I, which I mentioned, which is, you know, financial wellness and improving where you are. There's gotta be something anchored in that. Is it. A vacation home. Is it buying your first home? Is it paying for a college education? Is it is it something where it's not just money, but now I want to achieve some of those personal goals? So I think anchoring in in that creates a little more motivation to get there as opposed to just money, right? Money, yeah, that's better than just moving the number, but now I'm actually anchored in something super important to me, to my heart, that will drive that will drive my behavior. The other thing is what you what you measure, you'll manage. And so what we try and do is really break things into small parts and not set the goal setting. So we've got a little goal setting uh, module inside our in our product. And sometimes people will be like, I'm gonna 600 credit score and they'll try and drive, the, I wanna be an 850. Well, I wanna be 6'5 and play in the NBA, but that's probably <laughs> not gonna happen. So, but maybe I can work on my three pointer Right. And and so let's set my goal from six fifty to to seven ten. And yeah, that's my first. So level up and create kind of levels that you can get to and give them the building blocks to get them there. And then there was a there was a book at one point. uh, I think his name's BJ Fogg. I don't know if you know him. Absolutely. He wrote a book. He wrote a book. Tiny habits tiny Tiny habits. Right. I love that book. Right. Like people are like, I want to run a marathon. Okay. Well how much do you run? Mm, <laughs> I don't run very much. And so how do you create those tiny habits? And and whether it's budgeting, you know, Gene Chatsky always talks about, hey, start by saving a hundred bucks, you know, or start by saving five bucks a day. And that'll build on itself. Don't set the goal too high that you get, that you get to, you know, uh, where it's, where it's di- too difficult um, and you get discouraged. Uh, so, so anyway, kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but but you get my point and that's interesting that you remember BJ Fogg because he would be like, you want to you want to get in shape? Start with one sit up, <laughs> then then go to two sit ups.
0: You're bringing up something very interesting here because uh Audrey and I discussed this book back on episode 214 uh and it was titled Spinning Small Behaviors into Tiny Habits. And you're touching on something about goal setting um, that I've been thinking a lot about, um, uh, particularly writing banking on change. And when we think about change and change management through the lens of financial services, um, I think a lot of it, you know, we think of it digital transformation. That's change management, but there's an opportunity to guide and navigate people through small behavioral changes. Simply by first giving them a place and a form to think about the future that they could create first and foremost within their mind, and then take those small actions there. And the reason I'm bringing this up is some of the research I've been doing, uh, Brian Tracy uh, shared some research that he did. 98% of people in the United States either do not have written goals or do not revisit those goals on a daily basis. Um, Where does goal setting, I want to dive deeper into the goal setting, because I think when you get really clear about where you're going, then it makes those those micro behaviors that much easier to commit to, which is something that James Clear wrote about in Atomic Habits, which is habit stacking. So let's go back to goals and where might there be opportunities for financial brands to facilitate an even deeper conversation around people's goals? Because if, if they're not even thinking about that or if they're just so stuck in the pain of the present moment of, of financial stress and chaos, what, what what can we do with, for, for them?
1: Yeah, I think you have to start first with what consumer problem are you trying to solve or what's that individual's ultimate thing that you're trying to solve for and work backwards from there. And there are multiple ways to get there, uh, but you need to work backwards from that problem and provide them with the tools and the resources in order to get people there. And there's there's a, there's a couple different paths in order to do it. You know, obviously improving your credit, managing your finances, doing a little better job of budgeting and saving. All those become little building blocks and how you as a financial institution provide tools and resources. And then it's analyzing their finances. Am I getting the best deal in each category of my finances? Could I be consolidating my debt? Could I be refinancing my car at a lower rate? Oftentimes, you'll see people that, and rates have gone up a little bit, but where their car's paid off, but their credit card debt, you know, they could essentially refinance their car, pay off their credit card debt, and they'd pay that debt down that much faster. It's a very unique, tiny little thing, but there's, we we have a saying at Savvy Money, it pays to be savvy, right? It pays to be savvy. Well, think about that for a second. Little things that you do along the way, if you think about a graph, Right. If you think about a graph, all of those little things add up, and next thing you know, you're here versus here. Yes. And and if you think about, well, what, if it pays to be savvy, like, what are all my little savvy assignments that I need to do in order to get to my goal? And they all kind of build on themselves.
0: Yes. And, and this is something else you're, you're you're touching on the opportunity to help people measure the progress that they're making on this journey. And not get so focused on perfection or get so focused on the end goal because sometimes it can feel like, oh, I'm never gonna get there. But if we yeah. measure progress by looking at where we've come, that creates motivation and momentum to keep moving forward into the future. And a lot of this is just once again, it's getting really clear on the future. I know you're really clear on the future and the mission that drives you and the team at Savvy Money. You're on a mission to empower financial well-being through innovation, partnership. What does that mean, and and why are you doing what you're doing as a leader today?
1: You know, it's a gr- it's a great question because you know you talked about you've been in financial services now, 21 years. You said, so I'm I'm uh, in fact, eight uh, eight of 88 was my 35th anniversary of being in financial services. I started my first job at Household Finance on eight eight of 88, and there I worked with a lot of consumers on. Really, kind of across the kitchen table, or in the office, on improving their finances. I later went into the credit card division and took over a group that that marketed a credit report product uh, in the mail. And so, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to answering your question in a second. Um, so, long story short, I was part of the original founding team at FreeCreditReport.com that delivered. Credit reports over the internet because at the time when I was in in banking, people were asking us to, hey, could you overnight that credit report to me? And and we quickly figured out that one, it needed to be easy to understand, and two, um, you know, it needed to be digital, right? So as everyone knows, uh, freecreditreport.com, freecreditscore.com was not free, Uh, and and that company we we grew that business, sold it to Experian, and by the time I left, I think it was close to nine hundred million in in revenue. And another little company came along. As you think about, everyone keeps solving for a a different problem, right? So Credit Karma comes along and says, hey, we're going to actually make this completely free. And we're going to finance it through advertising and lead gen. And and Ken did a fantastic job. And and as many people know, Credit Karma sold to Intuit for $7 billion. Um, And so a fantastic job of, of providing a great service for the consumer. Well, when I created Savvy Money, I'm like, hmm, I came out of the financial institution space. Do you really want your consumers going to karma? No offense, Ken, you've got a nice product. Going to karma and then losing them to lenders that are advertising there. Why not bring that whole solution in-house? So that was one, one problem to solve for. Two, financial institutions sometimes aren't the best at engagement and marketing and analytics and showing them here's where you're winning financial institution. Here's where you're not. Here's problems that you can solve for your consumer. So happy to report we're up to 1150 institutions. Now we integrate with 40 digital platforms. We don't do any direct to consumer at all. We'll never compete with our financial institutions. Our financial institutions are what drive our decisions, as well as the end consumer, right? We want to solve the end consumer problem and we want to solve the financial institutions problem, but that's our goal. And that's what drives the DNA at Savvy Money gets everyone excited when FIs are like, we love you guys, you make our jobs easier. And when you get that feedback from consumers, um, that's, that's really the lifeblood that, tri- that drives the company.
0: Yeah, and that's such an important point to make because there are other places I know that people are looking for that help, that hope, but sometimes that can put chinks in the armor of the relationship that one has with a financial brand, and 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 that's where you know you think about, like you said, you've been doing this since eight eight eighty eight. I, I I like the way that that's framed up. So so happy anniversary. Yeah. Um, look back because so much has changed since eight eight eighty eight um, for complete context here and which
1: is which is amazing because this is 8 8 of 2023
0: <laughs> that's right that's why I, that's why i said happy yeah. anniversary because on the day of yeah. recording it is 8 8 and when you know on 8 8 i was about to turn uh seven years old uh for for context and 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 that's why i'm bringing this up because if you think about like what what you've experienced since 888 8, you know used in in 94 the internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity and hey, two, let's
1: just say interest rates were a little higher than they are now
0: that's a, <laughs> you know it's, it's it's funny because i know everyone's complaining about oh the seven percent eight percent mortgage rate and i'm like i i didn't experience this but my parents were like yeah like we had like a 15 percent back in the day i'm like oh that's not so bad because context is everything and so so my point of this is it's context here because if you think about 94 was when the internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity iPhone was launched in 2007. ChatGPT hit the scene November 30th, 2022. Three big moments in, we'll call it just technological transformation. How have you as a leader managed not just continuous change, but now I think more specifically exponential change that has the perception of moving faster and faster? What are you doing to keep up with all of this yourself?
1: One, it really starts with the consumer problem and then the FI problem, because we have two customers, right? On the consumer side, we try and make the consumer experience easier, better, solve problems, and you measure that through data. So you measure that through looking like, hey, we're going to keep score because we're going to look, are people's scores getting better? Are they clicking on offers? Are you getting positive feedback, right? so. We have to measure that in order to keep ourselves honest in terms of that performance. When it comes down to the financial institution, what are their goals? What are they trying to do, whether it be loans or deposits or financial wellness or whatever that is? How do we measure that in each of those categories? How do we leverage analytics to look at, hey, these financial institutions are actually logging into our analytics tool? oh, these institutions are pulling down creative. We have a we have a partner portal with tons of marketing uh, assets and we're getting about 2,500 logins a month. That's good, right? Hey, team, you're putting good content out there. People are using it. Keep an eye on that. The ones that aren't, hey, give them a call. Can, do you need help with leveraging these assets? Because you've got to teach them to fish and you've got to help them solve their problem. And then you have to measure that progress with the with those institutions as well as the consumers yeah that was a mouthful but
0: (laughs) no no it it makes perfect sense and and i think it comes back to what i was referencing before measuring the progress that we're making over the period of time because i think when when things do get challenging when things do get tough it's easy just to get stuck but if we continuously are keeping our head up looking at not just where we were going but also where we've been that builds that momentum to continuously keep us moving forward, which is where, I, as we start to wrap up, I want to get real practical. Um, something that someone who is watching or listening can do to really empower financial well being themselves through continuous innovation, through collaboration, so that they can provide ongoing clarity for people in the communities what's one simple thing that they can do today? Because as we talked, you know, BJ Fogg and uh, James Clear and Atomic Habits, all transformation that starts and leads to future growth starts with a simple step today. What would be the one thing that you would recommend someone watching or listening do right now?
1: Yeah, I think one, leverage proven technology providers to help you, right? Like so many institutions have what they are, you know, having to do on a daily basis and really can't do that themselves. So I would say pick what problem you want to solve first. like what problem do we want to solve? Don't chase technology. first first figure out the problem and then partner with someone who's proven that uh, that can help you solve that problem. And, and of course I would <laughs> I'll put savvy money on that list of, of institutions you know worth worth partnering with because we really care. And we listen and we we want to try and help solve the actual problem. The other is the implementation needs to be easy, right? So whenever you seek out whatever it is you're going to do, make sure you confirm, like, that's not going to distract us from doing what we need to do as a company. That implementation should be super, super easy. Um, and then that will help with the decision. And, and to your earlier point, make it, don't solve every problem make incremental progress as an organization and then keep score right like so we brought in analytics to keep us honest and the institution honest how are you doing on market share against your competitors how are you doing on penetrating certain score bands how are you doing on consumers actually increasing their credit and so all of those things like allow you to keep you honest where you can set the goals and make sure that you're delivering on uh, on your on your strategy as as a as a bank or financial institution. So
0: no, that's a that's a fantastic point. You know, benchmarking, um, I I think is key. It's critical too because it provides clarity. Where are we going? Uh, are we even going in the right direction? But also coming back to your point, not trying to boil the ocean. Um, I think it's so easy to want to go and solve every single problem out there or you you do the inverse of that there's so much technology that is now coming down the pipeline it'll be an exponential challenge i believe as technology is moving at an exponential pace and now ai it feels like new ai since since november 30th 2022 there's some new ai platform out there and uh, every single day and not just one but 20 or 30 or 40 and it's just it's just overwhelming for the mind to conceive don't think technology first think people problems first, which I appreciate, which what you were sharing is we're solving for two problems. We're solving for the people problem, but we're also solving for the financial institution problem. And that really comes back to the heart of why you are doing what you're doing at Savvy Money, which is really to empower financial well being through not just innovation, but partnership collaboration. So I really appreciate the collaboration that we have had here today the insights that you have shared, JB, this has been a great conversation. What's the the best way for someone to reach out to connect with you, to to have a conversation, maybe even collaborate?
1: Yeah, if you go to the Savvy Money website, it's partnerships at savvymoney.com, pretty easy. You'll find it uh, on, the, uh, on the website. Uh, JB at Savvy Money, if you wanna shoot me an email and I'll forward it to the right person. Um, but yeah, no, this was fantastic today and, and I'm sure we could go on for a long time uh, on this various topics. So, uh, but a pleasure for having me. It's
0: an important topic for sure. And that's why I recommend you connect with JB, you learn with JB, and and most importantly, you grow together with JB. This is how we all get better together. Thanks for joining me, JB, for another episode of the banking on digital growth podcast. Thank you as always. And until next time, be well, do good and be the light.